Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode number 24 of the Reinventure Me Podcast. Whether you've tried journaling in the past or not, we'll explain why now is the best time to start journaling in this episode of Reinventure Me. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me Podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Well, welcome to episode 24 of the Reinventure Me podcast. I'm Larry Gates. And Armin Asadi. And we are here to talk about what's next in life. Yo, Armin, what's next? Oh, man. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's what we're here to talk about. Catch me off guard, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> we're always asking the question, what do I want to be when I grow up? You didn't hit the high note when you what said What do I that. want to be when I grow up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Armin made fun of me last week for always asking that question with a high note. <laughs> now, we're here to help you discover your next great beginning. We're still working on discovering our next great beginning, and we just have a, a terrific time doing these podcasts. I hope you enjoy them. Uh, you'll find the show notes for this particular episode at reinventure.me slash 24 for episode 24. We're uh, talking a little bit about journaling in this episode. More than a little bit. Yeah. We're, we're going a half an hour strong. We're going to go a half an hour strong. So <laughs> let me tee up the challenging question for you, Armin, for, okay. for this episode. Bring it. All right, here it is. So what do Leonardo da Vinci, Thomas Edison, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Winston Churchill, Andrew Carnegie, what do all those cats have in common? It's a really tricky question. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, we're I set doing, it up we're for doing you. a journaling episode, so they must all be artists. They are. Art? No. Okay. <laughs> they are not artists. Yes. Okay. They, they must all journal. They have all journaled. Yeah, right. that's right. Exactly. And some of the smartest minds have have journaled. Um, I like what uh, Isaac Asimov had to say. Why don't you share our inspire me quote? Yes. So Isaac says, "Writing." To me, is simply thinking through my fingers. Isn't that great? <laughs> he may. I love anything that makes things simple. That actually is inspirational to yeah, me. Yeah, thinking through your fingers. Yep, that's all. This guy ought to know. Yep, uh, he's written or uh, edited over five hundred books, ninety thousand letters. Wow, the guy's prolific. What what was the movie that you mentioned? Well, I Robot. I Robot. That's one I knew. Yeah, uh, he wrote a book that I <laughs> we talked we talked last week about not finishing books, right? Yeah. That I like to give a book to the end. Yeah. Well, there are two books in my life that I have not been able to finish. I Robot is one of them. No, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, the Hobbit was oh, one. Yeah, I don't blame you. I cannot. I have tried to read that book. Probably six times. Just watch the movie. And I cannot. Well, I did. Oh, okay. And I, and I enjoyed the movies. But I could not get past, oh, probably the first 40 pages of it. Yep. 
And then the other book that I so wanted to read and get through is the Foundation Trilogy, which was uh, uh, written by Isaac Asimov and one of his epic uh, trilogies of of sci-fi fantasy. And I could not get through that either. Hmm. Back in the day, it was a very popular read, and I couldn't. Hmm. I couldn't make it. But he wrote a short story that I absolutely love. And I remember reading an interview of Isaac Asimov, and they asked him, of all the stuff he's written, what's his favorite? Hmm. And this short story that I absolutely loved was his favorite story of all that he's written. And it's called The Last Question. And it's just a a simple story about how uh, life evolved and, and, Hmm. and changed over a long, long time. I won't give it away, but it was a... A fascinating story um, that I enjoyed. What was the name of it? Ago. The last question. The last question. I look it up. I like that. I like short stories a lot, actually. Yeah, because have a short attention span. So writing to me is simply thinking through my fingers. Isaac Asimov says, and and that's what we want to talk about on this episode is uh, about how you can think through your fingers by the process of writing. Now, I personally have been journaling daily for uh, just over two and a half years, and in that period of time, I've missed two days. So I have to ask myself, you know, is is it worth the investment of time? Because that's a lot of time to spend. For me, it takes anywhere from 30 minutes, if I'm very fast, to about 45 minutes. And we'll talk about the journaling process here. But that's a lot of, that's a lot of hours mm-hmm. of time. And I can unequivocally say that journaling has opened more insight for me as an adult than probably any other activity that I've engaged in. Hmm. Uh, without question. Hmm. I am a absolute 100% advocate of thinking through your fingers. Yeah. And so I cannot advocate this any stronger. Yet I know for many people, myself included in the past, I've had bad experiences with journaling. You know, I could not keep it going. Right. And if that's you, then you're not in bad company. I mean, J.K. Rowling herself said, I've never managed to keep a journal longer than two weeks. Hmm. So Armin, you have uh, worked on journaling in the past. I know we started one of our earlier episodes with you diving into journaling as one of the new beginnings that you were going to create. Yeah, that was my, that was a challenge I took. It was a challenge that you took. Mm -hmm. And how's that going for you? I went three months strong, uh, at least a couple months pretty strong. um, And then took on a bunch of new responsibilities and uh, made a move and that kind of stuff. So my routine, my schedule got rocked. Yeah. Whacked up. Yep. And, and and I got, yeah. And I got very disoriented in the whole shift of all my routines and time and schedule and la di da di da. And journaling was just a set routine every single night. And that routine got, so broken. it became a casualty of the change of priorities that you had to make in order to do your, yes, your new work. And now I'm coming to back to the stability side of things where I'm starting to incorporate journaling back into my routine again. Mm-hmm. But if it's not routine, I do it with a rhythm every single day, set time right before something, whatever it won't happen. Well, that's really key. And a lot of people have had challenges with journaling and if you've had a challenge with journaling or tried it, or maybe just outright dismiss it, if you've outright dismissed it and never tried it, I want to encourage you to try it. Yeah. And if you've had a trouble with it, first of all, recognize you're not alone. You know, when I've talked to people that have been discouraged about journaling, they've usually given up for one of three reasons. 
they became disoriented because in the process of journaling, they didn't know where to go with it. You know, they started uncovering stuff and they're like, okay, I don't know what to do with what I'm, I'm getting. It doesn't feel productive. It's sloppy. It's messy. I just don't see the value in it or I'm disoriented with, I don't know how to connect the dots. Mm. Uh, the other individual, I talked to one person who basically said, you know, when I, every time I've journal, I get depressed hmm. because she, in this case, uh, would get so introspective and start looking at all the stuff that's going wrong in her life and just start writing about all of that stuff. The volumes of ink that she'd pour out about how bad things were just left her feeling worse than when she started. Like a diary. Well, it is, it's like a diary, but mm. it's almost like a spiral, a death spiral, that the mm. more she embraces that negative thinking, the worse she felt about it. And so why go there? It's yeah. better not to go there at all. We're going to talk about that a little bit later yeah. in this episode. And then the third is the disenchanted. And those are the ones that approach journaling, you know, with the optimism of a treasure hunter, but the attention span of a hummingbird. You know, they're <laughs> looking for something right away mm -hmm. to come out of it. And if they don't get it and they're looking for something brilliant, yeah, then it's not worth the investment. Yeah, who are those people? Yeah, Jeez. who are those people? Why would anybody be like that? <laughs> well, you know, for years I was all of those things. I have had that experience. I remember a long time ago when I started out journaling, I had this wonderful leather journal, and I was all prepared to keep a pithy diary that somehow would capture my wonderful thoughts that I might have during the day that I didn't want to forget. And like many people, I start out with a lot of optimism and then get uh, distracted and end up not keeping it up. Hmm. And then that book sits there on the shelf, never to be touched again. Hmm. But after I read Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way, she presented an approach which I thought, hmm, this is worth trying. It was completely different than the approach that I had taken before. And she spoke about her own experience with journaling and what she was pulling out from it that made it very intriguing for me to say, oh, I'm going to experiment with that. I'm going to try it again. And what I found in the course of just even the first year of journaling, that I got a greater self-awareness of what God was doing in my life by journaling. It, it is, as Isaac Asimov says, it's, it's thinking through your fingers and it's a way to really process the stuff that's going around you. Robert Sternberg, the Yale psychologist I think we've talked about before, he talks about the value of thinking slowly. Hmm. And journaling gives that time to evaluate what's going on with you, but it also gives you that space for some strategic thought. And invariably, it is the place where I come up with my best ideas is during my time of journaling. It's also a time when I pour out my heart to God as well. And the last thing that it gives me is I get increased focus. I am highly distractible. And to sit and write for 30 to 45 minutes takes a lot of concentration. Mm -hmm. And like anything, uh, we can get better at what we practice. So I have found that the practice of just sitting and writing for that period of time and concentrating on it helps me 
concentrate and stay focused on other tasks that I need to stay engaged in. Hmm. So it has this effect of giving me better uh, focus all the way around. I had this interesting thing happen to me when I first started journaling, though. I don't know if you've ever experienced this or did you in the first few months that you tried. But you start writing along, and then all of a sudden you realize, oh, I'm thirsty. I think I'll go get a glass of water. You're not really thirsty, but you get up and you go because it's a change of scenery, and then you come back and you write some more. You go to the bathroom or you go. There's all those times you get up and you disengage mm-hmm. with what you're doing. Have you? Did you experience that? No, I was actually very committed. I, would, I, would st- I wouldn't do anything else until I finished. Oh, that's good for you. I finally named this the push-away impulse, which is when, the, when I have this impulse to push away from what I was doing, push my chair away, and, and escape. And I realized what was happening for me was that I was not engaging with it. I was playing this tug-of-war. And when it was causing me to have to think harder about something that might be going on, I was pulling away and withdrawing from it. Hmm. So the practice of journaling forced me to think more clearly with more focus than I had before. It's improved my ability to stay clear of distractions. Hmm. So what was Julia Cameron's approach to journaling that inspired you so much? Well, she very simply laid out what she called the morning pages uh, habit. And for her, she doesn't call them journaling. She calls them writing morning pages. And for her, they, they are three pages that are handwritten that you write every day in a stream of consciousness. So basically, you don't stop to think about what you're writing about. You just write. And I thought that was a very novel approach. In the past, I'd only write when I thought I had a pithy thought. And then the journal would go on the shelf. And the fact of the matter is it would only come off the shelf whenever I had another pithy thought. But if it isn't a habit that I turn to every day, then I don't have many pithy thoughts. And her idea of writing three pages, I think, is absolutely brilliant. When you write three pages every day, what ends up happening for me, I discovered that after I write, maybe you had the same experience too. I mean, I'd be interested to know. But after I ended up writing, uh, I could write the first few paragraphs pretty easily. Sometimes it gets a little bit harder. And that's when you have to lean into it. Mm -hmm. And there are times when I didn't know what to write about. And Julia Cameron suggests when you reach those times you don't know what to write about, just write, I'm not sure what to write about. Because by repeating that, I'm not sure what to write about, I'm not sure what to write about, you use boredom Hmm. to work for you and you end up finding something to write about pretty quickly because you don't want to keep writing a sentence that you don't know what to write about. Hmm. There have been so many occasions when I have written something and I'm going down and I still have to fill three pages and I'm thinking, I have even written in my journal, I'm... I'm on page two. You know, I'm still got a page and a half to finish, and I'm not sure what I'm going to write about. Hmm. And I'll work my way down to the third page. And I remember one time in particular, I mean, where it was six lines from the bottom of the third page when I would have given up long ago in the other approach that I had for journaling. Yeah. But it was six lines from the bottom of the third page that I got in touch with some stuff that I had to process from my dad, who's now deceased, Hmm. but some pain that I hadn't dealt with, that I got in touch with in the six lines from the bottom of the end of that page. And I was in tears. Uh And I know that I would not have had that discovery 
if I had just written when I felt like it or for however long I felt. Hmm. It was the fact that it forced me to write to three pages hmm. that got all that dross out. You know, you have to just sometimes write to get what's in your conscious mind out yeah. before you start getting deeper into the stuff that's behind it. Hmm. So there's something brilliant, I think, about Julia Cameron's suggestion to write for three pages because it takes that long or it has taken me that long before I get rid of all the crud that I normally would just think about and write, which don't ha doesn't have that much value, to get to the real gems. You know, the Bible says that a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And I think when we take three pages to write, it's like digging out. You know, you have to dig deep enough to get some of that good stuff out. And I think that's part of what happens when you do that. Mm -hmm. Now, the other thing that she suggested, which I think is a terrific piece of advice as well, is write longhand. Some people write on their computers. And I find that uh, writing on a computer, you've got the spell checkers and the grammar checkers, and you want it to look nice and all of that. Mm -hmm. It might be searchable and all the rest. But for me, there's something very tactile about writing longhand or writing by hand. Yep into a journal and she suggests a cheap journal not the kind that i was using before yeah and it's actually a brilliant again another brilliant uh piece of advice because when i write in an expensive journal i worry about the words that i put in the journal hmm. when i write on a cheapo journal and i i usually just buy a moleskine journal from barnes and noble hmm. and i write on that I like the feel of the paper. The paper's good, but it's not so expensive because it's not leather that I worry about having to write anything good in it. It's, think about it as a scratch pad. Hmm. And so it's just a scratch pad for me to think through and get some ideas out on the table. Hmm. So I think that's a really, really good piece of advice. So three pages, nonstop, don't edit, and do it on cheapo journal paper. One guy I know that started journaling got excited because he got his journal at Walmart for 10 cents and, and was ready to, to go on that. And that's really a good thing. When I was in college, my toughest class was a composition class. And he was the toughest professor I had. I had a love-hate relationship with him. As soon as he would start talking, he would start giving tasks. And I would just hate him. Mm. But he made me grow so much. So he would give you the hardest and the most amount and the most time-consuming amount of work to do. So you would just hate him for it. But you couldn't help but love him because he was so personable and so intentional about uh, guiding, teaching, and mentoring his students. And I always struggled with writing because my my biggest issue, it was never filling content, closing mm -hmm. it, I mean, whatever. My biggest issue was just starting the freaking thing. Mm -hmm. I always struggled with just the start. I would spend just as much on a 20-page paper on the first paragraph as I would on the rest of the 19 and a half pages. It was insane. It was just paragraph after paragraph. I would just delete. And I remember one lesson he gave me, and he sat me down. He sat next to me. He said, Armin, I want you to start writing. Whatever I tell you to start writing, I want you to start writing. Mm -hmm. If I see you hit delete, if I see you go back once, every time you do, I'm going to give you a new subject. You have to start writing all over. Oh, good. And so there was no editing. There was no revising. Mm -hmm. There was no spell checking. There's no grammar. There's no putting in commas that you forgot. It's just go. He said, I want you to word vomit as much as you can get on there. Just go. 
And he did that with me for an hour straight. It was obnoxious. I started getting annoyed. <laughs> but it was weird. The next day, he gave me an assignment. Well, he gave us all an assignment. And this is like, this is an honors course, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so he gives us an assignment. And I go home. And I, in my back of my head, I'm thinking, okay, here we go again. I'm going to spend five hours deleting a paragraph. And I used his process because he just taught it to me yesterday. And I mean, I got I got an intro and a snap. I yeah. was shocked. It's great. I did my paper that night. It was like a week long project. I did it in one night. I finished it. I mean, obviously there was edits and revisions and stuff to do, but I mean, it made writing so much more fun to me. Is I could just blaze through it, not worry about commas, colon, semicolon, blah blah and, blah. And that's one of the things I've learned through journaling as well, because I've tried to write other uh, over in a blog for some time, and and uh, I've drafted some books, and my habit of writing in the past has been to craft the sentence. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that one's really good. And then you go to the next sentence and you make that one. Oh, no, I'm going to go back to the one I just wrote ahead of that mm-hmm. because now it needs to be a little bit different because I got the second sentence in there and it doesn't quite play. So I read those two or three times. Then mm-hmm. I add a third sentence. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like building a house, laying a brick, and then painting and then laying another brick and then painting that and then yeah. having to touch up the paint because you got a little bit of you know, concrete on it. So you're yep. kind of finishing as you're going. Yep. And it, your house is never going to look good that no, way. And then you might need to repaint by the third brick. <laughs> <laughs> well, you will. Yeah. And it's terribly slow. It is. So forcing yourself, as I have now uh, for the past two and a half years, to journal every day, to write three pages, and to do it stream of conscious gets you out of what your professor was trying to help with. Just break this thing of needing to have the perfect sentence, needing yep. to have the perfect idea. And as Isaac Asimov says, learning to think with your fingers. Yeah. And that's what he was teaching you. Yeah, just vomit on paper, and if you're actually going to use it, write it again and revise it. Yeah. Until then, it's just for you, and nobody's judging you. And that's the whole value of having a journal like that, is it gives you a scratch pad for thinking, and you, nobody is going to be reviewing it, nobody is going to be looking at it, isn't being put up for a Nobel Prize. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the beauty of it. It really is. It, you get a lot from it. Mark Levy wrote a book called The Accidental Genius, and I love this book because he takes journaling to a new level, and he he imagines that when you do that writing, that thinking through your fingers, you can actually unlock a lot of creativity. I discovered that as I was doing my own journaling, but this guy wrote a book on how you can use writing like that to unlock all kinds of creative ideas, and so he has a, it's a remarkable tool for doing that. Well, have the link to his book in our show notes. For those of you that are into journaling and you want to take it to another level, Mark Levy's book, Accidental Genius, is a great one to do that. Well, there are times when we do journal and we start to get into that inner depressing self. <laughs> Did you ever get there when you were when you were journaling? And oh, you were... yeah. And, and we need to know how to deal with that because one of the big challenges of journaling that can be is you can get so locked into the introspection of what's wrong in life and what's wrong with you. And then it can become something that can beat you up that it becomes a, a tool that you use to beat yourself up with. And it actually becomes less productive. And I think that's a lot of the reasons why some people give up on journaling, but there is a way to work through that, that actually is very healthy and a healthy way to use your journaling. So There's really four steps to this. When you think that you're getting into this hypercritical self, the first thing you need to do is observe that. You need to observe that 
you're you've got a narrative that you're saying something about yourself. Well, I'm a failure here. I did this before. It's going to happen again, or whatever that story is. As you're writing, just take note of the narrative that I'm saying about myself, or the the way I would describe myself is, and you can write that down. You know, it's just say it. Be honest with yourself about what you're thinking and feeling as you're going through it. But then the second step is really important, is to project, to ask yourself if what you're writing about yourself, I'm a failure, I'm always doing this or whatever, is that consistent with the person that you want to be? You have an aspiration. And it's likely that the narrative you're writing about yourself as being self-critical is because there's this part of you that doesn't want to be that way. That's the person that you need to write the narrative about then. Hmm. So find the person that you want to be and say, the person I want to be is successful here. The person I want to be is able to resist that temptation that I've not been able to resist for so long. The person I want to be can actually get to the club and work out and not feel lazy or whatever you might be saying to yourself. So you project by embracing your ability to grow. You know, we talked about uh, the fixed mindset back in episode four and the growth mindset. So you're basically saying, I'm learning to grow in this area. And the third step then is that you start rewriting. You write in your journal about your learnings and you counter that self-criticism with truth as if you're already the person that you want to be. Hmm. You say the truth of the matter is I'm learning how to become more disciplined and going to exercise. I have not done well in the last week, but that doesn't mean that I am a failure in this and that that's going to continue that way. I can take note of the fact that I didn't do it the way I would want to do it, and I can be better at it. It's the difference between what you're not yet versus what you are becoming. And your aspiration to become that. You You use that to fuel the fact that, hey, the reason I'm agitated about this is that there's something inside of me that longs for something greater than what I've currently uh, experienced. Yeah. And think, use that to fuel your future. Yeah, I think it's a it's a it's probably an issue that's plagued my generation as we we are so focused on the destination, we just miss the journey so often, you know, that we're always looking to get somewhere and we forget that it's you know, the incremental process of getting there, that there's so much value in it. You know, I don't think that's your generation exclusively because I think it's part of our culture that rewards Mm -hmm. us for thinking about how do we get something instantly Mm -hmm. rather than enjoying what we already have. Yeah. And so I think there is something about journaling that causes us to reflect and, and be grateful for where we're at. Yeah. And then the fourth step in avoiding this hypercriticality is that you need to act on it. You need to take some action. So you can say, I'm going to believe this truth that I'm telling about my future self by doing this. I'm going to call Armin. I'm going to say, hey, I'm going to go to the club this week, and you're going to check in with me. You know, that would be an action step yeah. to reinforce. Not the nightclub. No, 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 no. All right, just the health club. <laughs> I didn't know if you and your wife about to take your dancing lessons to a whole new level. No, we uh, we love our dancing lessons, and we are not going to be taking them on the road. All right, all right, just double checking. My wife has said that those are just for us to enjoy. She doesn't even want to be in competition. She just says, "Hey, let's just go do that." All right, but so what do you talk? What do you write about when you journal? What did you write when you were journaling about? Honestly, my uh, it, it was just the best parts of my day. That's I, I wanted, I wanted to. Uh, 
it, it was weird. It was it was almost like gratitude journaling. It was yeah. like the practice of gratitude kind mm-hmm. of thing. It was just journaling about the things that went great that day. Sometimes I would incorporate the the places of improvement that I needed, but it was usually just the best parts of my day. And weirdly enough, by the third day of journaling, each one ended with a prayer. Yeah, I, it wasn't intentional. Mm-hmm. It just I just wrote about what I was grateful about. And then somehow each time it would end with prayer. And I did a few times and looked back. I'm like, oh, wow, I'm ending with prayer each time. And it's, it wasn't intentional at all. And then I just kept it going. It just it was just so fluid. Mm. I have no idea why it just was. It was just the way I wrote without thinking. Yeah, and many of mine in that same way as well. And uh, there are probably certain themes that I visit quite a bit in my uh, journals, but they have gone all over the place. Yeah. And there's all kinds of things that you can journal about. And I've talked to people, they go, what do you end up writing about? Well, here's just a few. You can write about the significant events that have happened since you last wrote in your journal. You can write about the interactions you had with others that might have stirred you in some way. Maybe you got angry or maybe you got delighted or maybe whatever. You could write about a passage you read and an idea you had uh, or uh, some longing you have. How would you describe your life in three years or five years? What's that future self look like? Mm-hmm. Another thing you could write about. What are you grateful for? That's where you started. And boy, having a gratitude journal is uh, terrific. You can write about how you're feeling after eating something. I recognize that some of what I was eating was affecting how I was feeling. And by writing it in my journal, I was able to keep track of some of the things I need to steer clear of because... Mm-hmm. I wasn't sleeping well, I wasn't feeling well, and I may not have noticed it if I hadn't journaled about it. There are so many things you can write about. We'll have a link to some other ideas that are in our show notes. If you're stumped to know what to write about in your journal, you can take a cue from some of those ideas. Even thought going back to some of the people you originally talked about, Leonardo da Vinci, Mm -hmm. Thomas Edison, um, they're just inventors and innovators and entrepreneurs for the most part. And a lot of times what they were journaling is just ideas. Oh, if you look at Thomas Edison's journal, for instance, he has lists and lists of ideas that were in his journal and almost none of them related to each other. They were all over the place. Yep. And very fascinating. Yeah. That's a really fun thing. That's actually the first type of journaling I ever did was uh, I just had a million business ideas and I just kept a little journal of all the business ideas that I had and how they could work. And then it became who I could talk to to make it happen. And it was just, it was like putting puzzle pieces together and it became really fun. It wasn't diaries of, you know, or memoirs of Armin or anything like that. It was just business ideas and I, I geeked out on it. I loved it. Well, the number of ideas that I've had from journaling has been uh, just totally worth the investment of time that I've put into it. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna, it brings us up to our surprise challenge me segment. <laughs> Shocking. All right. So for our challenge me, it's very, very simple. All you got to do is just try it. It's journaling. Give it seven days. Put in a full effort every single day. Make sure that you journal. And just see how you feel. Assess yourself at the end of those seven days and see if is it worth it. Did you feel anything? Did you sense anything? Was anything different? Was it worth your time to do those seven days of journaling? Because more than likely, the answer is, without a doubt, yes. And if you found it's good for seven, go for eight and keep going yep. until you make it a habit. Out. That's right. Well, that's all the time that we have for this episode. We sure hope you enjoyed it. If you did, write to us. 
you don't need to send us your journal, uh, but you can at least let us or know. Write about you... us in your journal and take a picture and send it to us. <laughs> we'll post it on Facebook. That's right. At reinventure.me. I actually will. <laughs> That's great. If you uh, if you enjoyed this episode, would you leave a review for us on iTunes or Stitcher by visiting reinventure.me slash iTunes or reinventure.me slash Stitcher. We love to get your questions. You can reach us at reinventure.me. This show is episode 24, so you can find us at reinventure.me slash 24 or call our show line at 612-314-5447. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash reinventureme. We so enjoyed having you part of our program and really appreciate you giving us a listen. We hope that this helps you find your next great beginning. And until next week, it is Armina Sadi and Larry Gates saying so long. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. 